What's up guys, Cody Wilson here for the new and improved Kayfabe Report. We'll be talking about the predictions and the review of Extreme Rules 2020. All that and more, coming right up. Thank you for listening to the Three Count Wrestling Podcast. A podcast made by fans, for fans. Join me, the Professor Cody Wilson, and stunning Steve Krasniak for news, general topic discussions, predictions, and reviews here on the Light Blue Podcast Network. And now... Here's me. Thanks, me, for that awesome intro. Hey, Steve, what's going on? Eh, can't complain much. There's no good. Yeah, that, uh, that Extreme Rules came to you. Holy shit. Yeah, it's a polite way to put it. <laughs> it really was a horror show. <laughs> oh, you mean a dumpster fire? Okay. If a dumpster fire had a baby with an abortion, that's what this would be. It <laughs> Honestly, I just watched it for the podcast. It's the only reason why I'm <laughs> I'll be the first to admit it. I Yeah, it it was horrible. I mean I mean there were some hope spots in it, but that was about it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was interesting, to say the least. That's put mildly. Well, I'm trying to be nice. WWE tries every now and again. Seemed like they tried. I could be wrong. Yeah, some of the matches were okay. So, like I said at the top of the program, we are changing the name of the podcast to The Kayfabe Report. Um, we will be reporting on... Real life news in the wrestling world, or what we believe is new, real life news in the wrestling world, uh, according to Kayfabe. And we will start right now with a very interesting, possibly real story that the WWE will induct Kevin Federline into the Hall of Fame. I sure hope not, but look at their celebrity wing in the past. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, this is interesting. So, not only is it Kevin Federline, and this is the... This was a leaked uh, memo from the WWE saying that it would include the former pop megastar, which is a complete... I guess you could say truth. He was married to Britney Spears, so why not? Um, That's what all he's famous for. Right. I can't believe he has a win over John Cena. Things he, happen. He has a pinfall victory over John Cena. I mean, good for him. So you know what? It could. It makes sense that he's going to go into the WWE Hall of Fame. If you beat the 16-time champ, you should. You're automatically in the class. Jesus. Christ, David Arquette was a w- David Arquette was a champion. So I'm surprised he hasn't gotten in there yet. Um, Good time. Well, yeah. So including him, it's going to be Heidenreich. Um, all 47 members of the NWO. <laughs> Doctor Shelby. And they're going to induct the late Katie Vick. <laughs> um, if they induct 
here's the thing. If they induct Katie Vick, it would set a precedent. Can Kane or Triple H induct her? Kane and Triple H have to induct her. <laughs> and Bruce Pritchard. Yes. <laughs> eh. Uh, Dr. Shelby could be inducted by Daniel Bryan and Kane. All 47 members of the NWO could be inducted by Eric Bischoff. And Heidenreich could be inducted by Paul Heyman. Actually, no. Heidenreich should be inducted by Michael Cole. Yeah. Um... So apparently, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to say in character. Apparently, the WWE Hall of Fame is currently closed due to the pandemic, but will reopen on August 3rd. The WWE Hall of Fame is located two miles southeast of Exit 73, across from the Walmart. Man, everything's popping up by that Walmart lately. I know, right? It's a weird Walmart. But yeah, I, honestly, I would be okay with every single one of these inductions. I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Because that means six would the, six Pac would uh, be a two time Hall of Famer. Uh, that would mean who else would be a two time Hall of Famer from the NWO? The Giant Hogan. would get his first Hall of Fame ring. Hogan would get a first Hall of Fame ring. Hall would get his first or his second Hall of Fame ring. Hall would get his second Hall of Fame ring. That's a lot. Um, Conan would get a Hall of Fame ring. Conan technically would get a Hall of Fame ring. Uh, Buff Bagwell, um, who we covered last week, um, or two weeks ago. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people. Damn, that's, that's interesting. Hmm. Could you imagine how long the, uh, how long the ceremony can take place now? It could go for, on, for eight hours, just on NWO alone. I honestly don't know if I... I can handle all that excitement. <laughs> Heidenreich would write a poem about Michael Cole again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, next, next, who is the next headline is WWE to hold an ultra-violent deathmatch tournament. Um, so, they're trying to continue their transition from the so-called PG era to an edgier adult-themed television product. Um, the WWE announced today that its superstars would do battle amid barbed wire, fluorescent light tubes, and other fleshy, flesh-ripping weaponry. Uh, the WWE's inaugural Gorefest of Death tournament to be held on August 11th in the backyard behind the company's Orlando Performance Center promised to be the sickest, bloodiest cavalade of blood in wrestling history. Uh, according to the WWE executive Hunter H. Helmsley, uh, the tournament will include the following matches featuring a number of new WWE signees from the independent deathmatch scene. A no-rope electrified barbed wire panes of glass deathmatch between the Usos and Nick Gage and Matt Tremont. Tremont, I'm sorry. Okay, let me let me repeat that just one more time so everybody can sink that one in. A no-rope electrified barbed wire panes of glass deathmatch. Sounds like a Tuesday. Sounds like a normal Tuesday for anybody from ECW. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm sold. 10,000 Thumbtack Exploding Bomb Triple Threat Deathmatch. Maceda versus John Cena versus Madman Pondo. At least I'll get to see two of the people in the ring. Yeah, I know, right? It's a triple threat, but it's a two. It's two people. It's weird. Um, this one would actually be interesting: a barbed wire spider net scaffold death match between Seth Rollins and New Jack. Yeah, and I would don't don't forget on the ring. It's all covered in Legos. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. That sounds fun. Um. Wow, this this is actually another interesting match. Razor board gusset plate bed of scissors barefoot death match between Ruby Riot and Mickey Knuckles. Ow. Um someone's gonna get cut, people. That's that's definitely um is this all gonna be on the network is the question, because I'd be very excited for this. Um So would I but the work the word of the day, people, is ow. You'll 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 say ow after this. A ten man triple hell flaming rope, no canvas fans, bring the weapons death scramble. Say oh, that ten times fast. Oh hell no, but okay. <laughs> Braun Strowman versus Rey Mysterio versus Necro Butcher versus Brock Lesnar versus Warhead versus Ricochet versus Ricky Shane Page versus R Truth versus John Zigdig. Zandig versus Dominic Mysterio. I don't know about you, but I got our truth pulling for that one. You know, I got Dominic. He's, he's scrappy. He's scrappy. Yeah. Um. While many fans are excited about the chance to watch emotionally damaged men cut themselves, like me all the time, uh, longtime wrestling personality Jim Cornette argues that the event is an insult to traditional deathmatch wrestling pioneered by Big Japan Pro Wrestling, Combat Zone Wrestling, and the wonderful IWA Mid-South. But, no offense, doesn't Jim Cornette complain about everything? Jim Cornette could complain about sex even if it was good. That's just true. Um, honestly, though, I really want to know if this is on the network. I would love to watch this. This this would be oh. a great pay-per-view to watch. Better than last night's, but yeah. I mean, they, they might just hold it on ESPN just for shits and giggles, but that'd be about it. The Ocho? The Ocho, yeah, definitely. They they might keep it on the Ocho. Now, I mean, they might just put it on the app, because that'd be, that'd be easier. Yeah. So, but yeah, Deathmatch, I'm all for it. I mean, I, I I think the blood hungry hungry sport needs to come back. Yeah. And last but not least, Rey Mysterio permanently blinded to entertain your disgusting, bloodthirsty monsters. He may never sports entertain again, ever, completely, after losing his eyesight in a gruesome spectacle to satiate the bloodlust. Of you morally repugnant sad sadists who were entertained by it. Uh, the WWE viewers have Mysterio's blood on their hands. His eye goo too. You should all be ashamed. Um, so... I'm not. <laughs> nah, you, you gotta you gotta think about this. Mysterio will never see his son Dominic get married. Literally, he will never. Eye. 
<laughs> he will never watch Dominic win the Universal Championship by defeating Brock Lesnar Jr. at WrestleMania 48. Uh, and don't try to defend yourself by saying you wanted Seth Rollins to lose an eye. That's just as bad. Well, almost as bad. Yeah, it's, uh, think about that. We, we've now gone as an audience to wanting poor masked Rey Mysterio to lose his eye. And now he could possibly be blind in this eye as long as all the medical who, whatnot, um, jargon goes through and makes sure that he's, uh. Healthy as a horse, so that his eye can come back healed better than ever. He might even get X-ray vision now this time. Really? Yeah, I was thinking. I, I I heard something about him getting X-ray vision. Either that or like um, what else was it? The whole Cyclops thing. Guess what? One eye. Well, or well, if you do that, you could do like the Cyclops like beam from X-Men. Like that's what I was getting. At. Oh, I thought you were talking about him just having like one eye, like having like a giant eye on his mask. Like, That'd be cool too. <laughs> no, I'm I, talking about like there's one eye patch there. He's yeah, covered, a giant beam shoots out of the eyeball. That's kind of cool, actually. I would actually love to see that in this day and age WWE. Or really discuss people pop open beer bottles with your eyelid. Oh, that'd be awesome. Like just have him like casually just pop open a beer. Or a pop or something while he's talking to like Miz or something on their talk show. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, do you think we'll ever be satisfied with Bloodlust there, Steve? Nah. You know, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, we want more. We constantly we want, want more. I mean, the the eye thing is just one thing. I want to see somebody have a limb cut off now. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with, like, somebody taking a saw blade, like an arm for an arm match. Just... That'd be different. <laughs> you damn right it'd be different. Maybe that's what Becky Lynch's finisher is going to be when she comes back and literally be a disarmer. Oh, so just pop their shoulder and fucking pull it out of their socket. Got it. Pretty much. I'm okay with that. Jeez. It is. It is. It is horrific. The what the fans, the, us fans, will go through. We have an unsatisfied bloodlust that must be craved somehow. Yeah, it is. It's great. It is. This is all great. Well, with that, that's the news for right now. And we will go into the review of Extreme Rules 2020 after this commercial break from Anchor.fm. Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. Who doesn't want to who doesn't want to do stuff for free? The creation tools 
uh, that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. How simple is that? Can't do anything better than that. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means you can have zero listeners and still be able to try to make money. That is so cool. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back to the show. Um, so, this week we're going to be talking about the review of Extreme Rules and the predictions that we made. And the, the game was, whoever won the most predictions... Uh, get the picks the next topic next week. So, with that, what did you think of the opening match there, Steve? We're not going to count the kickoff because, A, I did not watch the kickoff, and it was just Kevin Owens beating up Buddy Murphy. You and me both, I didn't watch that one. Um, the SmackDown tag title match was actually quite a surprise. Right, for in a tables match, nonetheless. Right, I had no idea. Um, overall, seemed bit like it was okay. Um, I got no beef with who won it. At the end, it looks like when Shinsuke was posing next to Cesaro, he looked like he wanted to be drawn like one of the little French girls. Right, but, it was so weird. Yeah, it was kind of disturbing. But all, all in all, it was like, a great back and forth between the two. I had a feeling that the double stack tables was going to be the finish. I just didn't know who is going through it. Right, it's uh, like you knew the double stack was happening, so it's like it's either one of them is going to go through it, or they're just putting it up there as a, as a swerve. Type a thing. swerve, yeah, but it's like, come on, you double stack tables, somebody's going to go through it. Right. Um, what I have here in my notes is that that spear Biggie does is going to fucking eventually kill him one day. That too, and you know what, I, for a little bit there, I thought that that was actually supposed to be the end of the match. But they didn't realize where the table was when the spear happened. Right. But then I was like, yeah, I don't know. But you're right, though. One of, this, one of these days, he's just going to go completely freaking limp and oh, yeah. dead as a thorny. He should, he should really stop doing that. He's cool as it looks. Just stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, he went for it again with Shinsuke and Cesaro both on the apron, and Shinsuke and Cesaro just both knee him right in the face to stop him. That was such a great counter. Yeah, it's like, they don't want to see him die, too. Right. And like you said, eventually, it's... I don't want to see that. Right. I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt as well, but it is what it is. It, he, he needs to stop doing it, period. Yeah, a guy with that kind of muscle mass. And if he was a little bit taller to compensate for the muscle mass he has, mm-hmm. maybe I could see him getting away with it. It's just he's, with his height and the mass he has, it just doesn't equal for good. Um, no, God, no. Um, so yeah, Shinsuke and Cesaro win the titles. At the end, right before they cut the black, it looked like that table was bowing just a little too much and almost broke. Yeah. Oh yeah, because those tables are paper thin to begin with anyway. And all it is is press board with some material over top of it. 
Yeah, I've also heard that they take like regular cables like that and just shave the bottom. Yeah, I can see that. Downer winner, probably. You know, I can definitely see that. Party store. Yeah. Um. Then after that was a weird fucking Wegman's, a weird women's segment with uh, Alexa Bliss, Nikki, Oscar, uh, and Kyrie Sane all back there, like trying to pump her up. Yeah. And then Kyrie out of nowhere goes, and even if you lose, we're still your friends. Well, thanks for the backup on that, Kari. Right, it's adorable as she looks. To each his I own, guess. I guess. Yeah. But it's like, I, that, that whole segment was a bit weird. Yeah. So, next match is the Women's SmackDown Championship match, and you had Nikki to win, and I had Bailey to win. And... It was not good. It, I won that one. So it was one nothing so far. It's If Bailey was going to win, I wish they would have did it differently, but I'm not surprised. So you're thinking... Oh, God. So you're thinking that they shouldn't have won with the power of the punch. I mean... The referee was already distracted. She really didn't need to do the punch, but then again, Rollins have been abused over the past. It was a great match. And just, I get that they're heels, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I'm a heel. We can't have a good, clean finish. Right. I'm one of guys that likes good, clean finishes every once in a while from heels. I get it. You're a heel. You got to do the heelish things, but you don't have to do that all the time. Right. Yeah, it. Here's the thing: the power of the punch spot, fine, it's acceptable, but at the same time, let's try to get some clean wins, like you said. Like, but we'll definitely get back to that when when we get to the Sasha Oscar match. Uh huh. What I have here in my notes is is that. Uh, Bailey was be- definitely doing a lot of back talking to the ref, which was really funny. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, when she pulled the Bailey the belly, it didn't finish the match, which somewhat upset me a little bit. I'm like, great, that's now relegated to a signature move. It honestly has been since she's turned heel. Yeah. Um, and something else that I noticed. That for some reason, Sasha was wearing the SmackDown Women's Championship around her waist while holding the tag belts one on each shoulder. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's an interesting look. Yeah. But uh, like you said, good match, bad finish. Um, That finisher she pulls, though, does not look good at all. No, it's it's almost like the old um, Dirty Deeds or Adam Rose's um, finisher type thing there that's done with the leg instead of direct under the um, arm like a DDT type thing. Right, and the like. The worst part is that the way she like pulls their arm around her leg and then just like full face fronts f- for it, it's like that hurts your knee more than it hurts their face. Yeah, I don't get why she went to that. They could have I get obviously didn't want to do the Bailey to Bailey anymore. Being healed, fine. 
but gotta think of something different. Come up with a submission. Come yeah. up with something that does not look like it's gonna hurt you more than it's gonna hurt them. Like example, Nikki Bella's rap attack. That was right. hurting shoulders more than it was hurting the opponent, which turned out to be the case. Especially when she had to go get neck surgery. Yeah, that's why she had to stop doing that. So eventually, if we see Bailey with the knee injury, we kind of probably don't watch. Right. Um, I mean, oh, and I forgot to do this for the New Day title match. Uh, out of one, one to ten, would you rate the New Day match? For being a surprise, that was a good seven. I'll agree with that. A seven. Seven for the seven out of ten for the New Day. Being that I had no friggin' idea that it was happening. And uh, the Bailey match? Up until the finish, I was going to give it an 8. But with the finish, I'm going to go with a 6.5. A 6? 6.5? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just, I, I just, I'm really getting sick of the heels doing the heels. Like victories like that, I get it, but at the same time, I wish you know, clean victories are nice to see too, right? Um, next is a good freaking segment with the Firefly Funhouse, yeah. Um, I love the joke that they pulled with uh Bray Wyatt, he's like, I'm gonna show you something uncomplete, like. Overly, completely scary. That's going to make you scare yourself. And then they show the karaoke uh, challenge from last week or two weeks ago. And then he's bitching at Rabbling Rabbit that the whole time. I'm like, that is just some good shit. <laughs> it really is. The rambling between the rabbit, yes, the karaoke thing, not so much. I mean, it was a good joke. Oh, yeah. I'll say that. Um... Yeah, so next was supposed to be MVP versus Apollo Crews. Um, yeah, that kind of is in limbo. We don't know if MVP is the winner or not by forfeit. It, it, it's all going to go down tonight, I guess, on Raw. Uh, so we have to count this one as a no contest, unfortunately. But... It's not even a match, so we can't even rate it either. Right, like, to me, it's... If, on WWE.com, if they would have said officially the new world champion... Right. ...the United States champion, then yeah. But, yeah, we can't even rate it. I honestly... That was the one match I could have cared less about. I just wanted to fast-forward to see the result of who won. But I'm like... I fast-forwarded maybe 30 seconds... And then MVP's back up on the ramp with Bobby Lashley. I'm like, did that, this Apollo Crews just get squashed in like 10 seconds? What's going on here? Yeah. It is... Jesus, it's so weird. But, with that, we have to skip over that segment, unfortunately. Uh, all it was was just MVP... Declaring himself the new U.S. champion by forfeit, and they laughed and joked about the injury, blah, 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 blah. Next match, the one that everybody really wanted to watch besides the main event, uh, the eye for an eye match. That was different. Um, 
that was very different. Um, I honestly don't. I watched the whole match, but the only thing I can remember was the end, unfortunately. I had so much stuff I wanted to talk about about the match. Like the whole thing with the kendo stick at one point. That mm-hmm. looked like somebody's eye was about to get poked out. It's the only thing I can remember is how it ended. Yeah. Um, and could like, they have made it look any faker? Well, they're best friends with the horror specialist that does like Freddy Krueger, Jason... You know, yeah. the actual horror movies. Um, here's the thing. It it was either this or be cinematic. People were saying that it, it wasn't CGI, but yeah. thank God it wasn't CGI because it looked hokey. It would look hokey as shit. Yeah, and this whole time I was wondering, okay, like once the match ended and once Seth was just going over, that was a nice touch, by the way going over to the other corner and just start ralphing up whatever he ate Right. I'm like, okay, how are they going to remedy this situation now? And then we heard, I think after a couple matches, that if Ray's eye nerves or whatever get detached... If his retina didn't get detached, if his nerves were damaged, if this didn't happen, if this didn't happen, then he's fine. I'm like, that's how they're going to figure out that backdoor issue that they put themselves in. Right. They pretty much caught themselves out, which is fine. Right. Um, other than that, there was a stiff Falcon's arrow on the fucking apron. Ray took that like a champ. I think I had missed that because I had to get up and get something to drink at the time. Oh, my so God. I, that, that went bad. That shot on the apron was stiff as hell. Um, the ending kind of just like completely wiped my whole memory of that match. To bring it with how they did that, it just kind of yeah. Um, Ray did two sunset power bombs into the barricade, which looked nice. Um, Ray pulled out a stomp on his own. Um, it really did look like Ray almost had the win there when he had Seth's face into the steps. Yeah. I just, I, I had a feeling that Seth was going to win, which he did. That that's how he was going to do it, was with the steps again. Right. And like you said, the tu- just the little touches that Seth Rollins gave to that on top of it was just nice. Like the whole him going over there to check, and then all of a sudden, like, he's like, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna throw up. This isn't real. And he threw up. And then the um, friggin' NXT roster there at the end just pounding on the plexiglass. Right. And then Seth looking like, what the hell did I just do? Right. He's like, I don't know if this is right anymore. It looks like he's like, what did I do? Yeah, he's looking like at it, he's looking at it like. Oh my god. I just did that to a guy. What the hell? Yeah. But we both picked Seth to win that one. So right now it's 2-1. Um, then after that is the Raw Women's Championship match. Um, I was originally honestly going to get that. At this point, the match of it. 
the Eye for an Eye or Oscar and Bale or Sasha? Oscar and Oscar and the Marvel Legends title match. Okay. At this point, kill me. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. What did What do you give the Eye for an Eye match? Honestly, nine. You give it a nine out of ten. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I I, I was gonna say the same thing. Lowest maybe an eight. I I say nine strictly on the storytelling they were doing alone. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. But as for like um now we're about the Oscar Bailey thing, just the wrestling between those two alone is great. Oh yeah. That's why I guess that's why I hated to finish as much as I did. Because it looks like it was gonna be a clean win. Yet yet again, it looked like it was yeah, a clean win would have been nice. Um I didn't think they were gonna give all the women's belts to the tag team of Bailey and Sasha. Um, well, it's either they do that or they make them lose all the titles. One or the other. I have a feeling no one next month they're probably going to lose both singles ones. You think so? Yeah. And, um, but, I mean, all in all, great match. Um, Asuka with those German suplexes, though. Yeah. Like, I, I thought freaking Sasha was going to have her neck broken at one of them. Oh, yeah. That yeah, one like, that she tried doing off the top rope, though, she looked like she almost fucked up the landing when Sasha tried to land on her feet. Yeah, the one German suplex looks like it's just going to be an Oscar lock attempt, but she just probably didn't have the grip, so she made it better instincts, tried to make it look like a German instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, that wonky finish, though. So pretty much, Bailey tries to help Sasha out. Sasha then tries to help herself out with one of the tag titles. The ref sees all of this happening. The ref gets distracted, and Asuka's about to green miss Sasha. Sasha ducks, and the ref gets green misted. So now, Bailey attacks Asuka, brings her down with a belt, and takes the ref, the shirt off the ref, and then counts the three herself. What the fuck? Pretty much. So now you have a rogue wrestler becoming a referee just because she dones the shirt. But you have to realize that they've set a precedent along this entire time. Vince McMahon's done it. Paul Heyman's done it. Uh, Bischoff's done it. Um, I mean, it... It's probably going to be I one of those ones where it's... It. Say again, Steve? All the wrestlers, yeah, I know like all the wrestlers have done it in the past and that, but that's, I mean, the, those victories for champions that went that way never last long. And look at Sasha's track record with defending singles titles that's coming up to the main roster anyway. Yeah, she's... Asuka's she's, probably going to get it back at SummerSlam. Yeah. I can I can see that. That's all we can hope for at this point. Um Yeah, so if if it's official, Sasha is your new Raw Women's Champion and now those two have all four belts. 
on the main roster, except for NXT. Which, if they, when they do drop the tag titles, I wouldn't mind saying dropping it to an NXT tag team. That hasn't happened yet. Right, I would be perfectly okay with that. Uh, next match. Oh, before we go. Uh, out of 10, what do you read? Before the finish, I was going to say 9.5. But with the finish, a 7. That finish really gets me. Yeah, I can I can say this. We'll go with 7 on that as well. Um, yeah, that finish really did get me. I was like, okay, so they're just going to count it. Okay, cool. It was a great, it was a really well thought out match between two great athletes. Until the to, bullshit. To finish it that way, it's, I mean, it's not the first time WWE's done dumb shit like that, but it's getting old. Right. Um, next match, the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler in a match where Dolph Ziggler has extreme rules. For himself, which for- I believe I called that. Yeah, I think you did too. Um, and if Drew decides to count himself out or get disqualified or do anything other than pin or submit Dolph Ziggler in the ring, Dolph Ziggler becomes WWE Champion. And you call that part. Yeah, so we kind of called the whole stipulation but in separate entities. Yeah. Which I thought was really funny. Um... Great start. It was a good... Uh, Dolph gets cut off at the pass trying to get a weapon. The psychology in that match was spot on. Oh, yeah. It's like Drew... Like Just for example, the when the table was set up on the outside and Drew had Ziggler from the suplex, how just the quick turn automatically right to the floor and not to the table. Yeah. That was great, great psychology there. It's that match to me because I'm not going to count the main event. I'm talking about actual, actual matches. Yeah. What's match of the night? Um, yeah, so during the match, like right at the, I think almost at the end, towards the end of it, um, or no, not towards, it was still towards the beginning, almost towards the middle, uh, Drew was just no-selling anything. He was just not selling a goddamn thing. He was just, he was taking everything Dolph was throwing at him, and Dolph was like, come on, go down. And Drew is just like, no. He he was hulking up. Oh, he was hulking up before hulking up was a thing at that point. Jesus Christ. But that that finish was such a fluid transition from him going for the super kick to Drew nipping up into a claymore almost instantaneously. Right. Like, that was one. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Because I, I, I was wondering how Drew was going to perform the Claymore when he wanted to do that attempt earlier, and Ziggles, yes, I called him Ziggles, hit him with the chair and his planting. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, okay, how is he going to hit the Claymore now? And then I popped like a little schoolgirl when he attempted to do the shot. Yeah, it, um... It's a very it was a very great match. It it makes the Claymore a devastating finisher, hands down. Oh yeah, clearly. And the thing is with that is 
it, it's starting, and I hate to say this, it's starting to remind me of Roman Reigns. But in a better way. Not really. Yes, it's Drew McIntyre. Cool. Somebody different than Roman Reigns. But you're still giving that Roman Reigns push where, okay, Reigns gets his ass kicked, and then out of nowhere, spear one, two, three. So then you got to look in the past how many other strong champions has WWE Fred Center repeated this process with. Right, but what did they have that the other two do not? Charisma. There you go. They they had characters behind them. John Cena was a character. Hulk Hogan was a character. The Rock was a character. See, Austin all, was a character. They all, also same thing. I think it would be different with Drew if it was the whole pandemic wasn't going on and everything else. I think things. It's, it's a possibility. Hard, it's hard to judge title holders right now, at least in my opinion, because yeah, they still perform a little bit, but for the people at home, you don't got all the audience. And it's like you basically what you're trying to impress your coworkers. Whoopee. Yeah. The, the- the way I'm looking at this, unfortunately, and I hate looking at it this way, is that Drew McIntyre is pretty much on a diesel run. Yeah. And those of you who understand what I'm saying by that, good for you. For those who don't, I will explain real quickly. Diesel was one of the worst drawing champions of all time. If not the worst drawing champion of all time. Right. Granted, a lot of factors played into that. The fact that business was down. The fact that business kept on going down as Diesel was champion. What's happening with Drew as champion? The same exact thing. Ratings are going down. Profits for WWE technically are going up, but live events are down horribly because of this. The only other thing that the Drew thing has over the Diesel thing is the COVID-19 pandemic right now. Right. At least there's an excuse why things aren't going the way they are. Diesel, there wasn't. But it's still the fact that, hey, he's going to be champion for a year. I see Drew McIntyre being WWE champion until WrestleMania 37, and some lucky upstart is going to get the win at Rumble and be the one to kill Drew McIntyre's title run. See, but at the same time, I'm going to look at it from the other side. Yeah, they're giving up the Roman Reigns diesel treatment. They can, nobody can stop this big mod Scottish psychopath. But the person that finally does, can you imagine the pop and push that they're going to get? I hope that happens in front of the front. Yeah, I hope so too, but it it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. It just all it does is remind me that hey, they're pushing him to the moon because of how good he is in the ring. He's barely good on the mic. Yes, that's definitely true. And it I don't they're know. finally pushing somebody on the wrestling talent alone. Yeah, and look how that happened for Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. Uh, yeah, pretty much the guys that could actually work their asses off. They had one run, and that was about it. Yeah. 
So, look at that. Kofi Kingston, one and done. Look at that. Uh, Drew McIntyre, he's probably going to be a one and done. Miz, one and done. No, Miz had it a few times. Miz has not held the world championship other than the run from TLC of 2010 to Extreme Rules 2011. Yeah, I thought he had a few world titles. No, he's only held the WWE Championship once, and that was after a cash-in on Randy Orton on a Raw in December of 2010 after he fought Wade Barrett. Um, in a match, his ankle was hurt, they had a good five-minute match, and Miz caught Randy Orton out of an RKO into the skull-crushing finale. Okay. Huh. And oh, yes. he held it, TLC, Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania, then Extreme Rules, and lost in Extreme Rules. I could see probably Drew keeping his till Survivor Series. I see Drew keeping his till Mania. It's like if he doesn't lose that Survivor Series, then yes. I could see him keeping it till Mania. But I just, he's either going to lose that Survivor Series or lose it at Mania. Unless if he gets injured. Yeah. Let's hope to God that never happens. Right. So out of 10, what do you rate this match there, Steve? All in all, I'm giving that one a 10. 10 out of 10? Because the wrestling was good, the psychology was good, it was a good, clean finish, the stipulation was basically what we expected for a heel, picked stipulation, everything that's fit perfectly. I wonder if a heel can ever pick the stipulation, um, yeah, I just win the championship. You know what, honestly, that's what I was thinking there. I was, because I just happened to watch the Adam Sandler movie Big Daddy again, and the scene where him and the kid play cards. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. I just thought he was going to look at Drew and go, as soon as the bell rings, I am the new world heavyweight champion. That's the stipulation. Now ring the bell. Then Drew just Claymore kicks the referee. (laughs) Pretty much. That would not have put it past. I wouldn't have put it past WWE. That would be so funny. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Last but not least, the good old Swamp Fight. I like how it started, first of all. I did, too, because I didn't know that uh, Braun Strowman had a Ford Raptor. (laughs) It was probably just a rental for the night. I was was pleasantly surprised about that, honestly. I mean, there was... was Obviously, we knew this was going to be the cinematic match of the night. Um, so they probably had this filmed weeks ago. Right. But everything that I expected of it was... There was a couple spots that I wasn't expecting, which we'll get to. But, you know, seeing that old school rocking chair again, getting in that bronze, throwing it at the uh, all who enter here, shine, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, him fighting off, which were probably supposed to be ha-ha, Harper and Rowan, even though they're not with the company anymore. But they right. were just and what they would wear. Um, and then the obvious double shooting of Braun on the floor versus Braun standing over Braun with a shovel. Which I thought was very brilliant, honestly. 
it was it was good how they did that. I'm like, well done, WWE. Nice call, flat. Yeah, that's um, that was very well done. Um, right here in my notes is what I have on the whole page is what the fuck. Um, I literally just wrote WTF on the whole page because the whole match, top to bottom, was fucking weird. I know, and then the transition after the shovel thing with Braun and Chain that looked like you could easily snap. But you oh, know, yeah. And then seeing the lane turn again. But my WTF moment of the night was Sister Abigail as the goddess Alexa Bliss. Yeah, that was so weird. Bringing up the mix match challenge stuff, something that really has no relevance on any stories ever. Them bringing that up, and there was a rumor at one time that Alexa Bliss really was Sister Abigail. For them to for WWE, there's a rumor like that. And the actual story to confuse Braun, I was like, that was my WTF moment of the night. And then what really got me was that they were continuing the theme of the night, which was gouging people's eyes out. And, and Bray Wyatt then attacks Braun and just starts putting his thumbs in his eyes. I'm like, what the fuck? When in Rome? Yeah, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, or do you know, gouge everybody's fucking eyes out. I um, do, I, I do, well, I'm thinking about, like, the false finish that they did when Braun big-booted Bray into the pond. And then having yeah. showing the um, ending little square thing for the pay per view, like any good old fashioned B rated horror movie, and then yeah, the whole mandible claw thing, the lake turning red, and then the theme pops up. Yeah, well, no, hold on. So I don't know if anybody caught this. I think I'm the only one that caught this because even my wife didn't missed it. Braun gets pulled into the lake by the mandible claw. Okay, yeah, I remember that. After that, Bray is trying to escape the pond, but he goes, No, not me too, not me too, and gets dragged back under. I didn't hear that. And then the water turns red, and then the fiend pops up. Yeah, because I remember like all throughout the night, Bray was saying something like, I don't want to go back there. I've been in, I've been in a hole by myself, and I I've been seeing through my own eyes, and I can't move my body as a vessel. I've I've been trapped, and I ain't going back there again, man. And now he's back there again, and, and he's uh, yeah. And this is now where Braun is probably at SummerSlam is gonna lose. I want to know what the fuck pop- happened to Braun. We probably won't see him until, like, if we don't see him tonight, which I doubt we will, but it's WWE, Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio survived getting ha-ha tossed off a building. The very next night, friggin' Braun will probably won't see for, like, a week or two. Uh, and then he- he'll come. Well, right. Here's the way I look at it. We can do one of two things with this. Okay. Either completely nix, like, retcon the whole thing by having Braun just pop out on Friday Night Smackdown. Or we have The Fiend 
come up with the Universal Championship and say that he's the Universal Champion now and Braun Strowman's behind him. That's what I was thinking. I was going to go along with that. It's like, we still might not see Braun for a bit. But, so we won't see Braun next for a week. I'm thinking. And then, like you said, we'll see, we'll hear the Fiend's music, see him come out, and then we'll see that even taller figure being Braun. And then, Ron's wearing the black sheep's mask, but I'm just gonna switch only one thing. Ron's still walking out with the title until they get in the ring, and then he gives the title to the Fiend. Okay, so do that at SummerSlam. Right, but then you know we'll go with that for a couple weeks, and that's when you know something happens and Ron's head again snaps back to regular Ron, challenges him to a match at SummerSlam. Blah blah blah. Okay, well, that wouldn't be bad. Um, do you want to count this as a match or not? It really wasn't. It was just an extended promo. An extended promo with a little bit of beatdown. Right. So I Okay. Mean, you don't have to rate it then. Yeah. Overall, visually, it was amazing. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Obviously, there was no really much fighting involved, so visually, visually it was a pen. Okay, so... And since your pick, the way you wanted it to be picked, did not happen, we both lost. Bray wins the the match, which he did, but you wanted Otis to cash in on top of it. Yeah. So, technically, it's a draw. Which sucks, because now we don't have a winner. So, with that, I'm going to flip a coin. And this is a legit flip. I will not fuck with Steve at all. There's, there's no reason to be a dick. So here you go. Here's the flip. I'm going to go heads. Heads? It's Heads. Steve wins the coin toss, so that means he gets to pick what we talk about next week. Um, yeah, I didn't know if I was going to win or not, so I obviously don't get nothing. <laughs> what, um, yeah, because with all the results and everything, I didn't know how the predictions were going right. to go. So I, I don't, for the people that listen and like to know what we're going to do next week, I hate to tell you, I got no. How about I this? I was going to win or not. How about this? By Friday afternoon, on the Facebook page, we will be... uh, I will have... or On on Friday afternoon, I will be able to tell everybody what the podcast next week will be about. Yeah, because I'll have... I'll let Cody know, I'll let you know, so you can post on the Facebook, so... I'll have have something figured out. I figured, like, if anything, you know, obviously besides the news is... Right. Just like maybe, I don't know, I'll think of something good. So with that, we will go to the final segment of the show, which is always F. Mary Kill. Um, I will pick this week, and it's going to be 
Extreme Rules pay-per-views. The actual pay-per-views themselves. Okay. Um, ECW One Night Stand Extreme Rules 2007. Okay. 2009 Extreme Rules. Or 2015 Extreme Rules. What were the main events in each of them? Give me one second, I will figure that out. I think the ECW one was RVD versus Cena for the world title. That was six. That was six? Uh Uh-huh. And that wasn't Extreme Rules, that was One Night Stand. 2007, when it became ECW One Night Stand Extreme Rules, that's when that pay-per-view came about. Okay. That's a lot to try to... Right, I'll just go with... We'll just go with main events. Yeah. Um. John Cena versus the Great Kali in a pin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Okay, that's just kill. <laughs> So let's just get that out of the way right now. Because <laughs> I can't see, I can't see Cena. There's no way I'm fucking or marrying Kali. Extreme Rules 2015 was Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton in the steel cage match where the RKO was banned. Okay, what's the last one? Uh, which was 2009, uh, Edge and Jeff Hardy for the world title in the latter match, and then Punk cashes in on Hardy. Marry that one and fuck the uh, Randy Orton one. Okay. There you go, people. <laughs> so with as, that, our, as our listeners know, I have a soft spot for Edge. Right. Well, it wouldn't be a soft spot, it'd be a hard spot, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> With that, I'm Cody, that's Steve, this was the Kayfabe Report. Thank you for joining and listening and sharing and everything in between. Uh, join us on the Facebook page at the Light Blue Network group. Um, also, check us out on YouTube and the Light Blue Network, uh, where all the podcast episodes go up the day or the week after they are out. And that will be all. We will see you guys next week. And Friday afternoon on the Facebook page, we will tell you what we're going to be talking about next week. So, with that, see you later. See you guys.